Whether you're a whiskey aficionado or new to the world of whiskeys, I invite you to pull up a chair and join me around the bar as we pour a dram and share in our love of all things whiskeys. Hi, I'm your host, Victor. You can call me Vic, and welcome to Distilled. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the bar. Welcome back to Distilled. It has been too long, my friends. I am very sorry. Um, Yeah, June was insane. Um, Learning the ropes at the job and moving. Uh, My wife and I bought a house and every day after work, going to the house, cleaning, painting, and then moving boxes all month long. Uh, But it's great. We love it. Uh, We're feeling very blessed and very thankful with where we are in life. Uh, Today's episode is going to be kind of a lo-fi, low-tech. My office still isn't fully set up. The recording studio isn't set up. Somehow, it is the one room in the entire house that is not grounded. There are no grounded outlets in my office. How I managed to pick that is... Well, only something I could do. Uh, But nonetheless, we've had some fun. We've got some new whiskeys in the bar. We'll be doing some tastings of those. Hopefully next week. I'm really hoping next week we can get that going. Um, But we've got uh, some Irish whiskeys making the way into the bar. And we'll be talking about Ireland coming up. Um, So yeah. It's been crazy, Um, but it's been fun, and work is busy. Uh, Our maltster left us. Um, Not going to say anything about that other than it was time for him to move on with his life, and the other assistant maltster and I, well, we're making it work. Uh, I'm also currently writing the book on our roasting program for roasted specialty malts. And we have also just bottled a third batch of whiskey. Um, And I think we're doing a moonshine run right now. So lots to learn from the distiller. She's been awesome to work with. Love working with her. Uh, It's been fun. Lots of hard work. But still... It's been pretty fun. So, a couple of things in the news, I guess, coming up. Um, Bardstown Bourbon Company just released news that they would be doing the world's top whiskey tasting competition yet again. Registration for that opens July 15th. Uh, Yours truly has signed up for that notification. Um, I'll be putting my money where my palate is. So, wish me luck. Uh, I'm excited for it. I really hope I get chosen to go to the regionals. Um, Don't really know what all it entails, but I read that in the finals, there are five tasks, five challenges, that each uh, finalist has to go through with the tasting, so I'm kind of excited for that, um, and 
I guess we can talk a little bit about blind tastings today. So when you're doing a blind tasting, it really helps if you have kind of a mental catalog of um, whiskeys and flavor profiles and aromas built up. So really, in order to do a blind tasting successfully, you have to drink and taste a lot of stuff, whether that be beer, wine, liquor, you know, you have to know what you're tasting. Um, so definitely have to taste a lot, take notes, keep mental notes. And there are some misconceptions that I've talked about before when doing tastings. Um, with wine, it's, you can look at the legs when you swirl the glass around and well no let's back up okay when you're doing a tasting the first thing you want to do is look at your glass and look at the liquid in the glass um, usually the first thing that you run through with the tasting is color and clarity uh, what color is it and how clear is it it's a pretty good uh, it can be a pretty good indication of um, well, the quality for the clarity, but the color can give a good indication of how old it is. Now, you have to be color with the co careful with the color because in Scotland, caramel colorings may be added to whiskeys. Oh, but in America, they cannot. And I think Canada and Ireland also allow caramel colorings to be added, but not in America. Uh, so why? Well, because in America, with bourbons, they're typically aged in warmer climates. Uh, Kentucky's got hot summers and cold winters. So the barrels will expand and contract, and the whiskey's able to take on more of the, those coloring compounds from the barrels. In the cooler, more temperate climates of Ireland and Scotland, there isn't a lot of that swelling and contracting from the barrels. So the whiskey, it's, especially in Scotland, it's usually aged a lot longer um, because it doesn't pass through the barrel through the wood as often um, as bourbon does in America, whiskeys in America in general. And so you don't get a lot of color out of the oak. Uh, and so you can have a batch of barrels and the colors are going to be completely different from barrel to barrel in Scotland. So they're allowed to use colorings to try to um, create kind of a standard color. Um, so... That's one you have to be tricky with if you're trying to identify a whiskey through a blind tasting by sight. Um, and there's kind of a misconception that the legs of the whiskey when you swirl it around will give you an indication as to the alcohol content. With wine, that's kind of true. Uh, I've said this before. But with whiskey, it's really to try to figure out about how old it is. Um... If it's a little bit more uh, viscous, I've found through my own experience that it's typically an older whiskey 
Uh, if it's a little bit more watery, it's typically a little bit younger. And when you go to the feel on the mouthfeel, you can also kind of pick that up, uh, the texture of the whiskey, the mouthfeel. So you evaluate color, clarity, check out the legs, give it a swirl. And then once the whiskey settles back down in the glass, you give it a sniff and try to pick out um, different aromatic notes. And this is where having that catalog of different whiskeys and just different aromatic notes comes in handy because you have something to reference back to. Um, you can have a whiskey that smells like those notes of lemon, but lemon oil, lemon juice, lemon zest, and I would even say lemon blossom all smell very different, but you can identify them as lemon. And so if you know kind of what each of those smells like, then you can more accurately say, oh, this has a touch of lemon zest. And, you know, the same goes for any kind of citrus. Um, you might pick up um, some floral notes. You might be able to pick up the wood. It might come out as kind of caramel and buttery kind of notes um, with oak. Typically, you get more, um, yeah, caramel, butterscotch, cooked candy kind of notes, and some vanilla um, and that can also kind of help you gauge about how old a whiskey is. Um, I know with one bourbon, the oldest bourbon I have that's a 10-year-old, it definitely has more of those butterscotch and caramel kind of notes because it sat in the barrel, sat on the oak a lot longer. Uh, and then you, uh, after you've kind of picked up everything on the nose, then you go in for a taste and... The first taste, you're not going to get much flavor. It always tastes bad. Um, but you're kind of evaluating the mouthfeel and how viscous is it, how much does it coat your mouth, where does it coat your mouth, and then trying to evaluate the finish and how long does it linger, where does it linger, kind of does it burn a bit, stuff like that. And then you go in for a second taste, and that's where you really get your flavors, pick up your flavors. And this could be <clears throat> where you start trying to identify, is this, you know, a rye whiskey? Is this a wheated bourbon or kind of a, I guess, standard typical bourbon, if there is one? Um, could it be a high rye bourbon? Could it be a single malt whiskey or a blended malt um, or a blended whiskey? You know, is this an Irish whiskey? Is this some kind of scotch whiskey? Um, so it'll really be a combination of what you get on the nose with what you're picking up on the palate that can help lead you to identifying uh, what kind of whiskey it is. And um, again, that's where having a catalog of flavor profiles you look for and um, just uh, knowing what different whiskeys taste like can help you identify in a blind tasting. So again, I'm really excited to uh, do this competition. Uh, I've already at work had to taste whiskeys we've had and evaluate if one is ready to be bottled or not. And it's been an interesting process. Um, 
so yeah, that's kind of a little bit of a nutshell on blind tasting. Um, I will say the first time I did do a blind tasting was with uh, Pernod Ricard, their Bar Smarts Advanced class, and it was part of the written exam. Um, at the end of the exam, there were uh, six different spirits that we had to taste, uh, three clear, three brown, and we had to find the gin, the tequila, and the vodka, correctly identify them, and then we had either a cognac or an armagnac, I think, or a brandy, um, and I, ooh, I think it was an Irish whiskey. I don't remember if they put a Scotch whiskey in there. But there was some kind of brandy, cognac, armagnac. I think an Irish whiskey and a bourbon. Um, and Pernod Ricard's uh, portfolio at the time for bourbon, uh, their bourbon they carried was Wild Turkey 101. So it was pretty distinct. Um, the Irish whiskey, I think, was Redbreast. Uh, which is a pretty good one. Uh, I don't remember what their brandy was. Uh, for gin, they used Beef Eaters. It's a London Dry. I don't remember the vodka. And I don't remember the tequila. Um, but I'm pretty certain that's what the spirits were. We definitely had aged rum. We had to know about aged rums and white rums. Um, so those could have been in the mix, but... From what I remember of the tasting, I don't think any of them were rums. Um, but I definitely got heavy agave. I got a, quite a bit of juniper. And then one that was just oily and kind of a little bit of lemon and black pepper. Um, the fact that there wasn't much flavor and it was a little oily kind of led me to think, yep, this is the vodka. Um, and then again, I'm fairly certain it was... A bourbon, an Irish whiskey, and then some kind of brandy. Um, but yeah, running through, again, sight, color, clarity, um, nosing it, nosing each of the spirits carefully so you don't burn your nostrils, and then tasting them. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I passed that exam, passed the bartending bit, so that was fun. Uh, but I haven't really done many blind tastings since. I've ran through different tastings. Uh, flights of wines, flights of beers, flights of whiskeys. We've done a few on the show here, obviously. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. Um, again, really hoping that I get chosen for it. So, that's that. Bit of blind tasting. Um... Of the Irish whiskeys we do have in the bar now, um, we've got Bushmills Red Bush and Black Bush, so those are interesting. The Black Bush, I believe, is single malt, and it's their single malt whiskey that has been allowed to mature in used sherry casks. So you get some really beautiful uh, <clears throat> dried fruit kind of notes, like figs, stuff like that. Um, are actually more fresh figs. I'm excited to do another tasting with that. Uh, Bushmills Red Bush is their single malt blended with golden grains, 
I don't think it's a quote-unquote blended whiskey, but they use their malt, malted barley, with a blend of golden grains, I think is what the label says. And that's matured in used bourbon casks. So again, you get some of the sweetness from the corn and the bourbon, a little bit of some kind of butter and caramel notes. Um, I don't recall if there was some citrus, but again, we'll do a tasting. Um, and that one actually goes really beautifully in a whiskey ginger. And then we've also got um, Proper 12 Irish whiskey, which again, it's a uh, single malt blended with some neutral grain whiskey uh, or neutral grain spirit, excuse me, matured for three years in used bourbon barrels. Um, it's got a little bit more brighter uh, flavor notes than the Red Bush does. Um, again, very good in a whiskey ginger. Um, sweet, you know, it's just a good, good drink. It's very refreshing on a hot day. Um, beautiful color too. All of them are just this really beautiful golden color, pale golden color. Um, so yeah, excited to do a tasting of those. Um, and then looking at getting some single malt scotch whiskeys. Um, the thing is, I'm not a big fan of peat. I can't stand the peat. I just don't feel good after I drink it. Um, not entirely sure why. I've read some people claim, oh, it's higher concentrations of iodine, which maybe, I mean, I kind of have the, a similar thing with shrimp, just don't feel good after eating shrimp, and I've read same thing. Could be higher concentrations of iodine, but who knows. Um, so, doing some research, looking for uh, some non-peated single malt whiskey, which I think, I read uh, Brudlatic over on Islay. Their, uh, their Lassie expression is not peated, and it's a single malt whiskey. Uh, so that'll be interesting, because whiskeys from uh, the Isle typically briny. I don't think I've had a briny whiskey. <laughs> um, I think I've mostly had Highland stuff. So that would be fun to throw in the mix. But anyway, those are the plans. Hoping for it. And then uh, before I leave you today, this is a shorter episode just going to share a little bit of a funny story. So I am trying to clean, clear out the bar and get some new stock in. Uh, I had some partials, mostly empty bottles. I'm trying to empty them out with friends. And a couple of weeks ago, I was at uh, my men's group and we had a bonfire. I brought three of my bottles that were closer to getting low. And uh, one of the men good priest he took the knob creek rye and he finished it off for me he enjoyed it and then a man showed up late and he gave me a bottle of eagle rare um from his barrel club that he's part of as a gift uh congratulations on closing on the new house moving in kind of thing 
And so I went to men's group intending to empty bottles. And I did. But I came home with a bottle. So the next morning my wife was very confused how I left with three bottles and came back with four. (laughs) And had to explain the situation to her. So that's kind of my life. Try to get rid of bottles and people give me new ones now. Um, It was fun. Uh, That Eagle Rare was pretty good. Got some really interesting uh, tobacco notes on it. It was a single barrel pick uh, from the Cleveland Barrel Club, I think. And uh, single barrel. Had some great butterscotch. But uh, really beautiful tobacco notes came through. And some like toasted marshmallow like s'mores. Um, Which was really funny because when I brought up, hey, this has some really nice tobacco notes. I had just been talking with uh, one of the guys about um, the rectifiers post-Civil War and how people were blending in tobacco juice or tobacco spit with their whiskeys to give it color, and it was killing people. And here I am saying, yeah, this has some really good tobacco notes. So the guy's got a bit of a laugh out of that, and I thought it was a little bit of a funny anecdote and funny little story. Anyway, take care. Enjoy the summer, guys. I hope everyone had a safe and fun 4th of July. We certainly did. Um, And yeah, really looking back to getting getting back in the studio, running through a tasting again, and sharing the story of whiskey to help make whiskey social. Take care. Cheers. Thank you for joining us, and uh, I'd like to still give a thank you to the sponsors and patrons. You too can become a patron of Distilled at patreon.com slash distilled. And, of course, make sure to check out the Distilled website, distilled.me. You can donate there, and you can also pick up some merch. Uh, We've got t-shirts. I think I've got some hats up there. Uh, Fun stuff. T-shirts are super soft, super comfy. really like them. Um, also follow us on Instagram, find us on Facebook, distilled app and is the profile and the page I think is distilled or distilled podcast again, D I S T I L L D look for the rocks glass D logo. It's pretty distinct. You'll know it when you see it. And again, thank you for your patience and bearing with me. We'll get back in the bar soon. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.